Hey everyone, welcome to the Lombard Trucking Podcast for episode two. First thing I want to do is I want to thank everybody who took the time out and listened to episode one. I really appreciate all the feedback I've been receiving. I've been reached out to from a lot of old friends, from the Marines, college, all throughout life, telling me how much they enjoyed it and how much they just enjoyed hearing from me and having and being able to feel like they were having a conversation with me again. So I want to thank you. And like I said, that's what this is for. It's me to have candid conversations like we may have once had back in the day, or it's a conversation I'm having with somebody I haven't met yet. And you just want to know about my life and how I got here and how I got behind the wheel of a tractor trailer. Now let's get right back into it. We left off at the end of episode one where that's it. You know, I was making the move. I'm putting the hammer down. I'm getting my CDL. That's it. Okay, where did I go from there? Let's talk about when everybody's life changed and got spin turned right upside down. Let's start it off with everyone's favorite topic, and we'll talk about COVID. I remember March of 2020 just like it was yesterday, like I'm sure many of you do. And it's funny, like I mentioned in episode one, our plans to move were at the beginning of April. Things got hindered. My wife was down looking at apartments in the middle of March. It's crazy. We picked one, but our moving date had changed. But my career choice, it didn't. And it actually gave me a good amount of time to do some research into, okay, how the hell am I going to get a commercial driver's license? Obviously, the one of the worst things anybody wants to do is go to the fucking DMV. And I knew that was something that I was putting in front of me because any time you have to deal with Anything government-related when it comes to licenses or the DMV, you know is just a fucking huge task in front of you that you don't want to do. It just involves waiting and sitting around and doing jack shit. So I knew it was coming. So me, you know, being who I am, I'm looking for the easiest way to get this done in in the quickest way so I can get behind the wheel and start making money. And if you remember from the reason why I joined the Marine Corps, which was to avoid going to college because of the scam of student loans, I wanted to avoid student loans again for CDL school, which comes with a price tag substantially lower than colleges. You can probably go to CDL school for anywhere from four to six grand, depending on where you're going. It's only a month long, uh, four, four to six weeks. It really depends on the class schedule when the program you want to do. Some people go weekends, some people go five days a week. Regardless, like I said, I we were moving. I was on a an income of saved money. So obviously going into debt without immediately starting working, you know, wasn't probable. So I'm looking at ways to afford going to school for my CDL. I start doing some research. I have some friends who are in the trucking industry and I had a friend who drove flatbed for a company called Melton Truck Lines. He kind of me guided through this process a lot, and I give him a lot of credit. I'll probably have him on the podcast one of these days, absolutely. He's a friend of mine from the Marine Corps. He had told me about how he's working for Melton and to make good money off the cuff. Getting into flatbed is a very good idea. So that's where I started looking. So I started looking at companies that would actually sponsor you or pay for you to get your CDL as long as you work for them for either six months or a year. I happened on a company called Maverick. They're based out of Little Rock or North Little Rock, Arkansas. They're a flatbed company. They operate in the lower 48 states. 
I follow a gentleman on YouTube. His name's Trucking with Tay. He worked there for many years and I watched his content and it looked like a good, good career path to get into the trucking industry. So I started getting the information sent to me from Maverick. All the meanwhile, I'm still working, stacking money, prepping for the move. I get through the application process with Maverick. I talk to recruiters. Things are going very well. We move. We leave Connecticut. We move to Texas at the beginning of June. My timeline is probably to try to get to CDL school July, August. So I can, because coming to Texas, you do have to change things over. I wanted to get a Texas driver's license. I really wanted to make this process easy because I could have went to CDL school at Maverick with a Connecticut license, but you end up getting an Arkansas license, CDL, and it's just, it's just a mess. So I wanted to make sure everything was Texas off the bat. So we move. It's coming closer. I'm having follow-up phone calls with the recruiting from Maverick, and they're scheduling me to come in and start taking care of my DOT physical, uh, drug test, and then they mention a hair follicle test. Now, if you know me, you know I love a good nightcap. I used to love smoking pot, smoking J's at the end of the night. If you're listening to this, we've probably uh, smoked some fucking weed together, had a grand old time. Now I knew that getting my CDL, I'd have to put marijuana, you know, in the rear view mirror or side view mirror, I guess. There are no rear view mirrors in commercial vehicles. Besides the point, I knew that that was going to have to be a thing of the past, getting a commercial driver's license. And honestly, the, it's it's well worth it. Having the CDL is a lot better than, you know, smoking weed. They do still make bush light. Anyways, they mentioned the hair follicle test. I had stopped smoking weed. Before we moved, because I knew it, you know, I'm, I could, I could pass a pisser, no problem. But the hair thing, you know, it's three to six months, nine months, depends on the length of your hair, all this bullshit. So I, I ended up backing off. I had to back off a of Maverick. That's my first roadblock right there. Ah, sucked. You know, what, what, do, now what do I do now? What do I do? Luckily we have a website called Reddit. I started doing some research on starter trucking companies that, don't do a hair follicle test. I end up finding two. I forget one of them, but another one of them was a company called Pam Transport. They're based out of Tonnettown, Arkansas. Their deal was they will pay for the cost of tuition of CDL school as long as you work for them for a year. Sold, done deal, I'm in. Talk to the recruiter, do the DOT physical, piss tests. We're, we're smooth sailing at this point. This is July, and I'm going to start CDL school at the end of August, maybe about six weeks from there. Now, you're recommended before you go to CDL school to get your commercial learner's permit. What you need to do to get a commercial learner's permit, and it's the same literally in every state, you have to take four written tests. I wanted to get this out of the way because this is the worst, probably the most difficult and most annoying part of getting your CDL. If you remember going back to driver's ed from when you were in high school or whenever you got your driver's license, you know that the worst part was the written test. It's funny when you go and take your driving test, at least in Connecticut, I think there was only like 10 or 20 questions on the written test, but you have to study at driver's ed of, all, of a possibility of 200 something questions. And it's all those dumb questions like stopping distance and 
don't use your low be or high beams in foggy weather, you know, that kind of bullshit. Except now the questions are about commercial vehicles. And there's four tests you need to take. You need to take a general knowledge test and it's very similar to like the written test for like your regular driver's license, but it does have to do with commercial vehicles and overall laws throughout the entire US and per the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Association. So you got the general knowledge. The next one is a special requirements test. Now it's different in each state. So I did the special requirements for Texas. These are specific laws and rules and regulations only specific to Texas. Even though once you get your CDL, it, it doesn't matter. This is just to get the CDL for your state. So you take the special requirements. The third test is air brakes because commercial vehicles is like the ones that I operate, even school buses do operate with air brake systems. And then the fourth test is the combination vehicle. When you have, that's basically the only difference between a CDL class A and a CDL class B is a CDL class A, you tow something. A CDL B, you drop that trailer. There you go. Basically a school bus, city bus, that's or fire truck. That's why people would get a CDL B. So you take those four tests and you get a commercial learner's permit. To be able to get your CDL, you need to hold the permit for 14 days or 21 days, something along those lines. I forget the specifics, but you need to hold it and then you need to come in and take the practical application test. And that test consists of a pre-trip inspection, three backing maneuvers, and a driving test. And we'll get there once I talk about me going to CDL school because that's what you go to school for. But you don't technically have to go to CDL school. If you say your dad owns a tractor trailer and he teaches you everything and you learn the backing maneuvers and you go driving with him, you can book an appointment to take your road test. The thing is you need to bring that truck and trailer because there's not just trucks and trailers hanging around DMVs for you to borrow and you could take the test. That's part of the reason why people go to CDL school is you're basically paying for, yes, the instructors, but also you're paying to be able to use a truck and trailer when it comes time to take that road test. So I get my commercial learner's permit. Smart decision by me because now I'll talk about starting CDL school. I thought this is gonna be a, it was a nice smooth decision and it was, it, I was smart to get it. But the first week of CDL school basically is you have a bunch of classes uh, for three to five days and you take little practice tests about the tests I already took. However, while people were getting their commercial learner's permit, and they went to the DMV to go take that test. That Thursday and Friday, I got to start learning the backing maneuvers early because I had the permit. So it did benefit. I did have to sit through some of the classes, but it was still the good choice in the end. Now let's talk about starting school. I went to a school called ATDS, which I actually don't know what it stands for. I'm under the impression it stands for the Austin Truck Driving School, but they have more than one location and the one I went to wasn't in Austin. But like I said, I don't know if that's the acronym. I tried looking it up once and I don't know, maybe I'll look again, maybe I'll text the instructor. I still have his number. I went to a school located in Killeen, Texas. Killeen is the home of Fort Hood, a US Army base. It's, if you're a military guy or if you're somebody who I worked with and you're familiar with Jacksonville, North Carolina, or you're familiar with Fayetteville, North Carolina, that's Camp Lejeune, Fort Bragg, respectively, 
Killeen is a very similar town to Jacksonville or Fayetteville. You know, they're fucking dumps, tattoo parlors, strip clubs, haircut place, Hooters, fast food, you know, basic, basic military town. But Fort Hood comes with its own drama. While I was at CDL school, that's when the Vanessa Gillian case was going on, the missing female soldier from Fort Hood. And I remember getting to CDL school and people were talking about it and people from the area are just like, you know, it's funny this stuff's just hitting the news now because that's Colleen. That's Fort Hood, man. It's been like that. It's been like this since the 70s. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, being after hearing that, talking to some of these guys, I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of at home again. So I start school and going back to CDL school, I knew from day one that this was the best decision I ever made. I was I was with a group of people from all different types of backgrounds, including the instructors. Main instructor was this guy named Bobby. He was a former army guy, spent some time on the drill field as a drill sergeant. I, I don't know what his actual MOS was, but he still kind of talked like a drill instructor, but he was funny about it. He would always tell these stories. He had a dip in 24 seven. This dude always had a big wad of dip right in the front of his mouth. And I swear that guy's laughter was contagious. He, I give him probably the most credit throughout all of this because he is a country Texas guy who is probably friends with everybody. And he deals with people coming in there like me, guys wanting to change their life. He's dealing with people who are felons. He's dealing with people who coming off the street and man, he he molds every single one of them. And if you want your CDL, he's going to make damn sure you're going to pass that test. So shout out Bobby. I named the episode after him for a reason. I'll get into that in a little bit. So I start school. I immediately, I mean, you're making friends. You're all talking. And I meet other people. There was four other people there who were going there through PAM Transport like me. I meet a gentleman who kind of hit the same crossroads in his life. His name is Mike as well. He's... 50 years old. He was divorced. His son had just joined the Marines. You know, was fucking sick of his job. Knew that there was some fucking cheese to make out here on the road. And he's like, had a friend who was a mentor with Pam and was talking to him about it. A mentor, trainer, somebody who you get in the truck with when you first start driving. And he's like, yeah, man, fuck it. I want to, you know, I want to see this country. Well, blah, 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 I want to, you know, this guy, he worked in like property management or something lame. And so he was in there. Awesome guy. You know, there was guys in there who were from the Texas workforce, which is basically like Texas's uh, Department of Labor, their, their unemployment. And so these are guys who were making that positive change in their life saying, I'm going to get off my ass and uh, let's go. Let's fucking make this bread. I'm, I'm changing my life. So that's the thing. That's the mentality of everybody in there. Some people, I'd say there's one or two who who are there because they know that if they don't go, uh, that's it. You know, it's they could be walking back into a jail cell at that point. So you, you do have that that aspect as well. We don't need to get into their details. But it was it was quite the crew. It's funny. My wife always said she wishes there could have been like a, a class picture of all of us to just see who we all were. So that first week, a lot of classroom, a lot of going over stuff, meeting the instructors. Week is when we really started getting into 
what we need to do for the practical application test. Like I mentioned, that's doing the pre-trip inspection, your three backing maneuvers, and then your road test. So every morning, we started out with going out to the trucks. We had four trucks there with trailers. And you would go out and you would run through the pre-trip inspection. And you would do this over and over basically for about two hours. Because I will admit this, this is the hardest part about the test. If you know me, you know I'm not the most most mechanically inclined guy. I own a Camaro. I'm not a car guy. I just fucking like cars. It's kind of like gun guys. Like they always find out I was a Marine and like, you know, I, I own, I own a few firearms myself, but they're like, Oh, do you got this? This and I, if it's two people who sometimes really get on my nerves, it's fucking car guys and gun guys. Like, look, man, they're fucking cool. That That's why I have them. Like, I don't know every fucking ad mod, this, that, like, I know a few things I could do to my Camaro and do the like some bare minimum shit. And like, I, I know like parts kind. I knew it going in, learned that from my father and grandfather. I could change my own oil, but you know, I'm not some gearhead. And then on the same side, like same thing with guns. Like, I, like I don't got fucking time for that shit. There's too much shit going on for me to like focus on like one niche like that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm going a million miles an hour. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. This is the hardest part because there's a lot of components from the engine block as well as the side and the components of the tractor itself, the inside of the tractor, all the knobs and doing a brake test and checking the brakes. There's things you need to do and then also inspecting the trailer. There's parts on these trailers that, you know, you wouldn't think you need to check, especially where the tires are at and stuff like that. So you will run through that every morning and there's certain terminology you need to use when you rattle things off and this is why i named the episode like this because bobby would always say if you do like bobby says if you do like bobby says you do like bobby tells you like i said he was a drill sergeant so there's always that thing where they always like you do like i say you do what i do like they'll say that as a way for instruction and what's crazy is in basic training you learn the general orders and you learn all this knowledge like at least in Marine Corps boot camp, you learn a lot of knowledge about Marine Corps history. Like uh, you know, two Marines, two Medal of Honors, Dan Daly, Smedley Butler, and you and you have to rattle this off. And you kind of, we kind of did that for the pre-trip. You would have to rattle off this terminology, what you're inspecting. And so, for example, if you are inspecting a hose, you would say, "I'm inspecting this hose and making sure that the, it is not ripped, torn, afraid." And then if you're talking about uh the brakes you're saying oh there's no no cracks no dents no leaks things like that it's like nothing's cracked dent bent or broken no bend no break no leaks shit like that you and you have to rattle it off and it it was kind of funny but you go through it you keep going and going then eventually as the sun kind of came up a little bit more we would move to the back parking lot and then do the back maneuvers and you'd spend the rest of the day doing those back maneuvers going through you know person after person after lunch they would split it they would start taking groups out to drive and then you would go back there and do the back maneuvers and you would fucking run through them what's crazy is especially looking back now is how they teach you to do the backing maneuvers and if you listen if you do like bobby tells you you will pass but it's just funny how they explain it because you're trying to do it so rigidly 
to get in between these cones. You're looking to make sure you're on the third divot of the trailer as you're cutting the wheel and, and you're so rigid as you do it. Then when you get out here, when you get into certain, you know, you're always doing an offset park. You're always doing, you're not really doing a parallel park once. Done them a few in a few Walmart uh, parking lots on the side of their base. But regardless, so that's the second and third week is you're running through the pre-chip every day. So that's a lot of what CDL school is. And you're, you're driving too. And that's the second and third week. The fourth week is when guys' driving tests were scheduled. But let me talk about going out and driving for the first time. And I wanted to talk about uh, the first time I parallel parked. So when it came to going out driving the first time, now I got my CDL with no restrictions. By no restrictions, it means I can drive an automatic and manual transition commercial vehicle. I wanted to do it from the start because I knew I knew it was hard. I knew I knew it would be what you know. I knew it would be what you know my dad would want or what my you know my grandfather would want me to know how to do that. You know you don't want to walk away. I feel like getting an automatic is cheating. So I knew I had to do it, but I knew it'd be a little bit hard because it's not like a car because it involves. Now they tell you from the start involves double clutch and that's all bullshit. As soon as you get behind the wheel of the car, the first thing Bobby tells you, first thing Bobby says, is he's like, all right, man. He goes, so when it comes to these trucks, he's like, these are old. He's like, you got to float these gears. That's all you do. He goes, you're going to float gears in any truck you get behind. You're floating them. That double clutch and shit. He's like, maybe some brand new truck you you might have to double clutch it first before you get it broken in you got to float these gears and to float a gear so you you take off like you normally would in a car you got to slowly let off the clutch and it picks and you go the thing is you actually don't need to give it any gas so you you you're not giving it any gas as you're letting off the clutch it's it's it'll freak you out at first not only that you don't take off in first you're taking off in fourth this is a 10-speed manual vehicle so it takes a little bit to get it used to, and we would go out, and it's embarrassing because we would go out on this main drag, and if you're familiar with Jacksonville, North Carolina, or a military town, it's always that it's like a it's like that main road that goes out from base with all the fast food chains and the stores on it. It's two lanes on each side, but we're in the right lane, and we're going like 15 miles an hour because you're learning how to float the gears. To float the gears, all you need to do is, is once you get to a certain RPM you can kind of feel it you just all you do is tap the clutch so it pops out of the gear and then you float it into the next gear and it's almost a one two you just tap tap and it goes right into the next gear when it comes to downshifting it's actually even funnier you'll do it you'll do it the same way but what you do is as you're downshifting and you watch your rpms you'll tap the clutch and to go into the lower gear you as Bobby says, you do what's called you tickle the clit. So you got two fingers on the shifter knob and you start feeling it vibrate. And then eventually it'll just doop, pop right back in. So if you do like Bobby says, you tickle that clit, it'll downshift right back into it. And the reason why you downshift in a commercial vehicle is it saves your brakes. Especially if you're going to own your own truck. These are things you want to look out for. A lot of people in their regular cars, they're not going to downshift. You don't have time. You just pop it in a neutral and fucking be on your way. So that was learning how to drive. And I'm not going to lie. It was, it felt like I was real. I felt like real driving. It was awesome. I loved learning how to drive. But what I did want to talk about was that first time I parallel parked. I did it week one, like I said, because I had my permit. You know, they let me do the backings week one. And, you know, I was pumped when I graduated from University of New Haven. I, I remember 
thinking to myself like, wow, because I remember being that 17 year old kid, deathly afraid of college. So I never thought in my life, you know, I'd ever earn any sort of degrees, bachelor's degree, something like that. Like I never thought that that was, I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see myself ever having one. I remember graduating feeling really, really proud of myself thinking like, wow, like I I can't believe I actually have a bachelor's degree. Like I I can't believe I'm that smart. <laughs> but when I did that first parallel park, and I did it on the first, and the thing is I did it on my my first shot. He told me what to do. You cut the wheel all the way to the right. You go. You you see the third divot on the trailer. You cut all the way back. He, blah blah blah. We don't need to get into the the tactics. And I do it, and I land in, and I. Pull, I pull the parking brake, which is the yellow knob for the air brakes. I pull it, and I get out, and I go, and I look at it. And, like, I had this, like, rush over my body, and I got these goosebumps. And, like, you know, I had these, I had these like, tear, tears coming in my eye. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, I did this. I put this massive vehicle, you know, in between these cones. From the outside looking in, it, it really, like, who cares? You know, it's just just it's just some sort of parking job but man i i it's it's like i hadn't felt that good in fucking years doing that i immediately texted my mom i you know i texted a bunch of people i was fucking frothed up so i just want to put you kind of in what i, I want to put you in my mind and what was going through my mind as i was going through school moving forward i was lucky my entire fourth week i actually got a whole whole week to do more backing and practice driving my test wasn't until the following week and i was lucky my test was going to be at the school some people went to the dmv over in waco texas i was able to take it at the school with one of the employees of the school who is a dot certified tester his name is carlos we'll talk about him in a minute the Waco DMV, those people I did feel bad for because going to the Waco DMV is like going to any fucking DMV in any state. The people who are testing you, they don't even have CDLs. They're getting paid whatever it is. They're just they're just they're there collecting a paycheck. So you're not dealing with people who like give a shit. So it's tough. Luckily, I took mine at the school with He's also an instructor there. He works for the school. His name's Carlos. This guy, just like Bobby, was a riot. I, I swear these two were like brothers. Carlos looks kind of like Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a former Army guy, too. And this guy was hilarious. And that was part of his thing because he was really funny. He was really cool with you. He helped you. He gave you all the information you ever wanted. But when it came test day, this guy fucked with you like no other. Except during the pre-trip. He's dead silent. He, let, he goes, pick a number. So when it comes to the pre-trip, here's what you have to do. You're given one part of multiple objects. So you have the opportunity to pre-trip the engine block, the tractor, or he gives you the trailer. One of those three. You have to do one of those three. The engine block, the tractor, or the trailer. But you do, by default, have to do the inspection of the coupling system, 
which is what connects the tractor to the trailer, which includes the fifth wheel and the, the air lines that connect to the trailer. And you have to do the an in-cab inspection, which includes the brake test. So he'll give you a, a, you know, to pick a number one through whatever, he gives you what to inspect. You do that. I got the tractor. I run through it. So with the tractor, it involves everything. The mirror, the door, the fuel tank, the, the cap. And then you got to get into the brakes. And then you're talking about the tractor tires, this and that. So I go through it. Be silent. I go in, do the in-cab inspection. We're good. You get into the vacuum maneuvers. He's dead silent during the vacuum maneuvers. I did all three vacuum maneuvers, and I was very, very nervous about the vacuum maneuvers. I'm not going to lie, because I wanted to pass this on the first shot, and I was mostly afraid of the offset. The parallel, it's like I followed that system to a T. It's like I don't think I ever messed up the parallel. It was that offset that just scared the fuck out of me. I end up going through them without, and I think I actually only used one pull-up on the offset. So for the three backing maneuvers, for the straight line back, you're allowed to pull up once. Pulling up allows you to straighten out your trailer. That's why you do it. And you're also allowed one get out. For the offset and the parallel park, you are allowed to get out of the vehicle twice, and you're allowed to pull up the vehicle twice. Getting out allows you to look and inspect your blind side and make sure you're not going to hit the cone. I use... The key is you use all your get outs just because if you don't, you're basically telling the tester that you're an asshole and you're a know-it-all. So always use the get outs. But the pull-ups, I only had to use one pull-up and I was very pumped about that. But then the driving part. The driving part, you get behind the wheel and he goes, all right, you know, pull, pull off, you know, into the road. And, you know, we get on the main road and you're basically you're basically going around, you're kind of going in this big square, but it does involve getting on the highway, getting off, you loop back around, and then you got to pull back in the parking lot. The first turn you make is is a left-hand turn. And I made the turn no problem. Obviously, when you're towing a trailer, you know, you have to, you, you so you can't J-hook. You can't pull out to the right and do it like that. They don't want you to, to J-hook or jug-hook. You know, you can't cut out into the right lane. You got to go straight forward, obviously, then cut the wheel to the left and so you can fully make the turn. And I made the turn perfectly. And the first thing he does, he goes, that was fucking garbage. And like right there, like, you know, like, you know, you get that first heart heart sinking. But I was already told by the class ahead of us, they're like, watch out for Carlos. He's going to fuck with you. He's going to try to get you off your mojo. And it, I remember it took me a split second. I was just like, ah been through this before this is this is like marine corps 101 and every single turn you make he'll go holy fuck he goes did but he's like i know bobby didn't tell you to do that i know bobby said not to turn like that and he would do it all the time and then every time you downshift he would make it seem like you're jerking the vehicle and he would like launch himself forward he does he throws you off but i didn't mind it i didn't care they pulled back in Long story short, I know I've been rambling. You know, I passed. Passing the first shot. I'm pumped. I'm, I've, I've never been this pumped. This was the start. This was the, the real start of my new career. My my new life was literally about to begin. And, and it was almost like, you know, I felt so weightless. I remember, it's like, it was almost, I felt like the day I graduated high school. 
Like there was there was nothing in front of me. I just, I knew I had this path in front of me, and I couldn't have been any more excited. Now what I'm gonna do is I want to leave it there. We'll go into Pam Transport on the next episode. I'll talk about my trainer, and I'm gonna talk about the time I spent with Pam Transport, what it's like learning to be an over-the-road truck driver, all that entails with it, some of the people I met, some of the freight I carried, the places I went. We'll get into all of that the next episode. But before I let you go, I want to add a new segment to the podcast called Where Am I? And all it is is at the time of recording, I'm going to tell you where I am and a little bit about the place. One of the best parts about this job is you get to see all these fucking awesome cities and you get to see the nooks and crannies. And it gives me the opportunity to see, really see and get a feel for what makes this country so fucking sick. So right now, where am I? I'm in Wytheville, Virginia, located in Wythe County. It's in Western Virginia, not to be confused with the state of West Virginia, but I'm physically in the Western part of Virginia, located right off Interstate 81 and 77. Wytheville was established in 1789. It was named for George Wythe, whose nickname was, quote, the father of American jurisprudence. George Wythe was a signer of the Declaration of Independence and was actually Thomas Jefferson's mentor. Wytheville's the birthplace of Edith Bowling Wilson. What a fucking sexy name that is. She was the second wife of President Woodrow Wilson. Now we're in Virginia. You know, there's going to be some Civil War history here, and I went through a, I went for a jog in the town today, and I got to see some of it, and here in Wytheville was the location of Tollins Raid, which occurred on July 18, 1863, where Union cavalry raided the town. Wytheville was home to a huge-ass fucking lead mine that supplied a third of the lead for Confederate muni- munitions. So, yeah, that had to fucking go. Uh, it's also home of the, the Virginia-Tennessee Railroad was running through here in telegraph lines and the Virginia-Tennessee Railroad at the time was obviously transporting Confederate troops and telegraph lines was allowing open communications for the Confederates to communicate to each other. So, yeah, we had to fucking take that shit, too. It was a Union W, and uh, really, that was it for the Civil War. There was another raid in 1865 at the end, but I think that was to, uh, like, send a message or um, tie up some fucking loose ends or something. But that's going to do it for episode two. Once again, I want to thank all of you so much for your support and for listening. It's been really great talking to all of you. If you could like, follow, subscribe, five-star review, share the podcast, tell a friend. If you or anybody you know is interested in getting your CDL, please feel free to reach out to me. Follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Lombard Trucking. But other than that, I hope you all take care, and we'll talk soon.